And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Art Geyser, who has over 39 years experience in and study of NLP, science, psychic development, and energetic and spiritual healing. For 11 years, he managed a research lab in reproductive endocrinology at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. And as an executive coach, he works with some of the world's largest companies. Today, we'll be discussing accelerated personal and spiritual growth and activating people's hidden miraculous abilities. Art, thank you for joining me and welcome. I'm really excited about being on your show. Art, now you practice energetic NLP. And what's the difference between energetic NLP and the regular neurolinguistic programming? I've been a trainer, just so people know, in, in neurolinguistic programming, NLP, since 1985. And if people listening haven't heard of it, they've heard of the most famous person in our field, who is Tony Robbins. And, you know, he has his own rah-rah, Tony Robbins way of doing things. But the core of his power to change people's lives comes from his training in NLP. Now, I think he started about a year before I did, a little better marketing. But, um, and, um, and I think a lot of people nowadays think that NLP is about manipulation because certain people put it out in that way. And it's no more about manipulation than psychology, spirituality, mediumship. I mean, you can use it. It's powerful. And it was designed to help people uh, work with blocks, clear unconscious and conscious problems. But it was also designed to help people take on skills and abilities that they didn't have. And it's a very, very powerful system. But when I was studying NLP, I was lucky enough to be studying it in Marin County, which is on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. And you throw a rock in in, in uh, Marin County and you hit somebody who's a meditator, a psychic, a healer. And so people in the classes, I, I'd always been interested in it, but they started teaching me and introducing me to teachers. And I realized NLP could do miraculous things, but it had its limitations. Energy work could do miraculous things that had its limitations. Spiritual principles can do miraculous things. Have, they have their limitations. So I started weaving it together. And I discovered that I, my clients, my students did so much better when I did that. And that was the birth of energetic NLP. So it's neurolinguistic programming plus spiritual principles, plus transformative and healing energy work, particularly remote energy work and, and spiritual principles. Can you give us an example of how you combined the NLP with the spiritual principles? Mm -hmm. So different places where I'd be studying like energy healing and transformative energy work, I would notice that you know sometimes you just you could do miracles with, with a person, but other times you either couldn't change their energy, you couldn't clear the blocks, or um, they were trying to recreate it later. It was like a temporary fix. And so I started going, well, okay, what's in the way? And and often what was in the way were unconscious programming, conscious beliefs. And I realized, well, NLP is incredible at working with those. And so I would start weaving that in. And then of course, realizing, well, sometimes there's karmic issues, sometimes there's spiritual contracts, sometimes it's other parallel existences. <clears throat> so more and more, I realized that they all had things that they could do really, really well. I, well, I'll give you a more clear example. I, 
was working with a woman years ago, which really clarified this for me. And she was a really wonderful person, kind, caring, intelligent, creative, um, and, and physically attractive. And she didn't have problems getting in relationships with men. And they were they were nice guys. But what she really wanted was a man that she could build a life with. And, and they none of them were, were them. <laughs> and so we were working on it. And I'm starting to clear blocks to her having that kind of relationship. And all of a sudden, her soul pops in and goes, I don't want that. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> and her soul is going, I want her to be independent. Uh, I don't want her to have that kind of relationship. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's a problem. And so I developed a whole concept I call whole being permission. And uh, well, I should backtrack. So we're inundated with the idea nowadays that you have to have positive intentions and you should you shouldn't have negative thoughts. You should only have happy thoughts. And oh my God, if you have a negative thought or a negative emotion, and uh, you know, just a lot about the secret and all this stuff about visualization and intention, and that's really helpful. I, I and it's not the whole story. You know, it, I'll have people go, but isn't that how it works? And I'll go, well, have you ever visual visualized things going really, really well and they went terribly? And they go, yeah. And I go, have you ever? visualize things going terribly and they went really well and they go yeah and I go it's not the whole story it, it's like saying um all you need to eat are vitamins it's like yes you need vitamins but that's only part of your diet and so what I started realizing was I had to work with people's conscious beliefs I had to work with the various aspects of their unconscious mind and in NL, NLP we talk about the unconscious mind having parts so Rather than inner child, it's more like inner children. You know, you have a your creative part and your lazy part and your fun part. You have all these different aspects to your unconscious mind, which gives us enormous flexibility and creativity, but only if they're cooperating. And a lot of NLP is how do you get the parts of the unconscious mind to cooperate? So you have the, the conscious mind has an agenda. The unconscious mind usually has multiple agendas. Our body has an energy and an intelligence. It has an agenda. Your soul has an agenda and your spirit has an agenda. And you have you exist in a karmic environment and it, with spiritual contracts. And holding permission is when all of those, your spirit, your soul, your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, and your body are all aligned trying to create the same things in your life and that your karma will allow it. And that's changeable and that your spiritual contracts will allow it, and that's changeable. So all of that together we call whole being permission. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of things that you're talking about that can get tangled up. When you were speaking of this woman, that her soul was not giving her permission, could you interchange that word with her higher self? I'll tell you how I look at it, and, and I want everybody to know, I'm not saying this is some, you know, you know, uh, I'm not coming down from Mount Sinai with the word of God. This is just a way of thinking about it. And I should preface it with, when I look at people's energy fields, it is complex, dynamic, multidimensional. It doesn't fit all those neat little pictures of your chakras. And um, But we need simple ways to think about things. And the way I compare it is, you know, we call this a hand, but we could have called this a hand. You know, that they don't exist separately. So we divide things that are that are connected up into little pieces so we can look at them differently. Mm -hmm. And 
but then when we, we when we start thinking the pieces are actually individual, that's when like medicine and stuff gets out of whack and isn't holistic. Um, in the same way, to me, you have your physical self and your non-physical self. And I see the non-physical self like those little nesting dolls. There's like you, there's you, there's you, there's you, there's you. There's you there. And as you get in higher, higher frequencies until eventually you get into unity consciousness. So that I don't think there's one version of our higher self or one version of our soul. The way I like to think of it that I find helpful is the lower frequencies of your non-physical self. And you can think of them as being closer to your top of your head is one way to think of them. Um, and when I say lower frequencies, I don't mean inferior, but just literally lower. The lower frequencies of your non-physical self is what I'm calling the soul. And other people, by the way, would reverse this. And when I look at that aspect of a person, what I'm calling their soul, it's like a click up from your, from your personality. Your soul has wants, needs, it has issues. It has, it's connected to different past lives and it's going like, oh, don't do that again. So like a lot of people in, in, in healing and energy work are aware they've had past lives where they got burned at a stake or driven out of town or stoned or for, for using their abilities. So often they're inhibited in opening up their abilities because their soul is going, oh, been there, done that. Uh -uh. Um, and the higher frequencies of the non-physical self is what I'm calling your individual spirit. And when you get up into those frequencies, nothing needs to be fixed. It's whole, it's perfect. Um, so when you map that over to the high self, I never know how to answer that because if we had a hundred people in the room, they'd all have a slightly different version of what they think the high self is. <laughs> so a uh, high self is a great concept. It's just, to me, I, I just keep it separate in my work. It's like your soul or the lower frequencies of your non-physical self, what I'm calling your spirit or the higher frequencies. Why that distinction is important is that my experience with people's spirits is they're kind of like the perfect parent. They're going, whatever you want, dear. Like you want to uh, have wonderful love in your life? Well, that's a valid spiritual path. You want to get your heart broken? Well, you know, that's another valid spiritual path. You know, kind of like a parent going, I love you and, you know, I'll support you, whatever you decide. Um, not because it doesn't care, but what I'm calling the spirit, it sees so many paths as being valid spiritual paths that it just gives you a lot of freedom. Where the soul, because it's closer to your personality, has very strong opinions, but they may be out of whack with what your conscious mind wants and your personality wants. So in, in whole being permission, we work to align all these different aspects of yourself. Out of all the things that you mentioned that people need work with, whether it's your unconscious mind, conscious mind, chakra, reprogramming, spiritual contracts, karma, which one out of all of them gives us the most trouble in life? Let me answer maybe a little differently. That so that, uh, and when I talk about chakras, I'm not just talking about the seven chakras people often talk about. You know, there's all these. How many chakras are there? Are there 15? Are there 144? Are there hundreds? Um, there's more than seven, and a, a lot of them are, or not a lot of them, a number of them are above your head, not just the crown. There's 
ones above that. And the higher the chakras are, the more they're creating big frameworks for your life. And I, I'd say similar thing with karma. So karma is setting really big frameworks. Um, and spiritual contracts set frameworks that are a little smaller. The higher chakras are setting very big frameworks. But within that, your unconscious mind can either, and your conscious mind can improve any of those or block any of those. So uh, karmically, you may be set up to, uh, to have a really enjoyable, meaningful life. But if your unconscious mind got programmed that you're bad and you should be punished, it's going to be fighting that. And that's the whole thing about the whole being permission is that I can't say that there's one that's, I mean, I would say karma and spiritual contracts are, are maybe more important, but the power of our conscious and our unconscious mind is huge. And it can either uh, improve any, any of what we can allow karmically or block it. So to me, uh, it, it's a little hard to answer like which one's most important because they're all important. So is one of the things you do help people discover their pre-birth contracts and then kind of, you know, either rewrite them or help them focus where their life needs to be going? Yes. And most of the time we bypass the conscious mind on that. So when I work with people, the first thing I have them do is create something that we made up in energetic NLP, and we call it your miraculous self, which is different than your high self. And your miraculous self is when your spirit with that vast perspective is closely aligned with your deep inner human wisdom. Because we all know people, and we may be them, who are evolving really nicely spiritually, but their life's a mess. You know, um, I mean, you can do incredible spiritual uh, evolution in, in your life, though, maybe very, very unpleasant and, and um, unfulfilling. Um, and so when you have your deep inner human, well, let me back up again. So as I talked about before, your spirit gives you a lot of permission and it has all this wisdom and not, I mean, all this wisdom and knowledge on that level, but your deep inner human wisdom has access to, to a whole other level of wisdom, but it also wants you to have a life that you treasure. And I, and I don't mean never challenges, never problems, anything like that, but, but, but the life that you feel guided, supported, and nurtured by the greater spirit, in the end, whether that's God or Allah or, um, or deities or whatever people listening, however they conceive of it. Um, so we want the your individual spirit and your deep inner human wisdom aligned and working with greater spirit. When we do that, most of the time, I encourage people to not try to consciously figure things out. So we we typically, you would set, your conscious mind sets the intention in, in energetic NLP work. You give permission to receive the benefits. And that's another thing I want everybody to know, that just because you set a strong intention doesn't mean you've given permission. You, you might think they automatically go together. They don't. Um, I mean, sometimes they do, but you can't count on it. So you set an intention. You give act permission to receive it. You add or better something I learned from one of my teachers, because maybe your spirit can do something better than what you're conceiving of. Um, but then 
you want to bring in that deep inner human wisdom. So how it happens, it happens in a way that's beyond your conscious awareness. You know, our conscious minds are wonderful, but they're always limited. So your conscious mind sets the intention, gives permission, puts your miraculous self in charge, and then you let the magic happen. You let your miraculous self work with the energy. And when you do that, you go way beyond your conscious thinking. So in terms of contracts, in energetic NLP, we either keep them, end them, revise them, or create what we, what I call learn dues. And learn dues are contracts that your miraculous self is going, no, you actually do need to think about this one. You know, you, you need to make a conscious decision. And we call them learn dues because there's something you need to learn and usually something you need to do. So if they're learn dues, then we want it to be conscious. But if they're contracts that your miraculous self is going, you don't need these anymore, just end them, then we, we don't even get into what they are. If they're contracts that your miraculous self can revise without you consciously thinking about it, then we don't get into it. And again, the reason for that is if we consciously get into it, we'll limit it by whatever level our conscious awareness is. Our miraculous self doesn't have that limitations. But if it's a learn do, that means your spirit's going, no, no, you actually need to think about this. You, you need to make a decision or there's something you need to do. So most of the time, we try to keep it out of analyzing it. But when your miraculous self is going, no, no, you need to think about this consciously, then we go that direction. Hmm. Which is, again, was part of what makes energetic NLP work really different than most work. is. Um, we treat conscious awareness often as kind of a booby prize. Because <laughs> if you think about traditional psychology, it was based on um, the idea that, oh, if you just understood why you're the way you are, over many years it will change, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, because that conscious awareness can have value, but it often gets in the way. So an example... Years ago, um, the whole thing of being a, an adult child of an alcoholic, that whole syndrome became popular. And at first, uh, it, would, it would help people because they'd go like, oh, okay, it, I'm a natural product of how I was brought up. And they, you know, they would be nicer to themselves. But then a lot of people would then, it would become part of their identity. And like, oh, I'm an adult child. You know, I mean, it, it helped them keep stuck. And, so what I'm trying to say is sometimes conscious awareness helps. A lot of times it gets in the way, and we try to make that distinction. How do we connect with our inner wisdom so it will actually guide us and help us live you know, more confidently? Creating your miraculous self is really simple, and I can take people through that. Um, get, getting, um, making the guidance clearer and clearer uh, is something that you do need to work on. And if it's appropriate, I can give out a link later for some free videos to take people <clears throat> through how to do that. Sure. Um, um, and it, it it's one of the things, it's not a one-shot thing. You get better and better and better at it. But even the beginning stage of just starting to create a miraculous self and letting it be in charge of, of more of your life starts vastly improving things almost immediately.
And, and it's ridiculously simple, the whole thing. Earlier, we were speaking about chakras. And can you tell us how to reprogram our chakras? Yes. You can think of it as two steps, mainly, that there's the clearing of what's already the programming that's there, and then there's the, the reprogramming of it. In energetic NLP, we let your miraculous self do the reprogramming. The clearing part, um, like say, if you want in a bit, I can take people through the, a couple of processes where they can do it right now. And and again, it, it's not necessarily a one-shot thing. Um, and what I mean by that is, I don't know if you know, like the onion theory of things, like, you know, you, you, you keep peeling off the layers and eventually the onion's gone. Well, in energetic work, faster and more is not the same as better. If you push things too fast, you, you can go into what's called a healing crisis. And in a healing crisis, you are getting a healing, but it's not fun. I mean, it can really throw your life off. And, and so we, we call it the Goldilocks principle. You want whatever's just right. So in these processes, we encourage people to put their miraculous self in charge and do whatever level of clearing of a chakra is just right for right now, and then reprogramming, and then you, you keep doing it. And I would think the kind of people that would listen to, listen to your show are people that are into personal spiritual development. So to me, there's not an end point. You keep... You know, I, I think of, of of the people in your audience are like flowers. They they want to keep blossoming. They want to keep growing towards the light. They want to keep opening up more of their full potential. So these these processes are really simple, and once you know them, you can just keep doing them. If you don't mind, can you take us through some of the processes that you were speaking of? Yeah, I, I would love to. So we can go through first creating a miraculous self, which is really fast, really. It's so easy that well, people will try to make it hard. <laughs> um, and then uh, we can go through a really simple process to start clearing energies out of your chakras, and then a simple process for reprogramming them. Great. So, by the way, if, if anybody's listening to this when you're driving, don't, because one of my specialties, which anybody can learn how to do, it's not even hard, is remote energy work. And it works even on the recordings. So you don't want to be driving because the energies that are going to start coming in, it's like a whole symphony of energies. And some of them are very high frequency, which puts your mind in a bit of an altered state often, which um, psychologists call it the hypnagogic state. It's that state like when you're falling asleep and you're not really asleep and you're not really awake. The, the reason why that's valuable is in that state, it's really easy to let go of unconscious programming and blocks. Um, and for people listening, if you don't go into that state, it will still work. So before we get started, let yourself have whatever experience you're having. If you feel the energy, great. If you don't feel it, great. Um, you may temporarily feel discomfort as energy blocks get moved. If you do, just go, oh, good. You may um, feel sleepy. You may feel energized. The, the thing I like to stress to people is, just let yourself have whatever reaction you're having. They, they, it all works. It, the only time it won't work is if you're going, I oh, should be, should I be feeling this? Should I be feeling something else? Should I be? <laughs> so for everybody, just um, what I encourage people in my programs is bring out your playful inner child. If everybody listening was five years old and they went, okay, fill the room in, fill the room you're in with sparkling gold energy, you'd giggle and do it. And it would work because you just, 
we all have these amazing energy abilities. It's just a matter of, of unleashing them. So um, I think that's all of my preamble. While we're at it, since you said driving, I guess we can always add to it like what you usually see. Don't be operating large machinery or anything else that could be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you want to be somewhere where it's fine to space out if you do that. And sometimes people go, oh, I want to space out. Like, again, just don't don't push it. <laughs> you know, um, better to be safe. And this is available as a recording. So, you know, there's no pressure to do it at any particular moment. Now, Sarah, but just take a couple easy deep breaths. And we're going to start by creating your miraculous self. And it's just a matter of intention, permission, and imagination. What I discovered years ago, and I'm sure other people discovered it before me, is that when you imagine things and use metaphors and symbols, your it frees up the powers of your unconscious mind and your spirit. And it doesn't have to make any logical sense. It's why our dreams are so metaphorical and symbolic. So your unconscious mind knows how to work with it, and your spirit knows how to work with it. And we will start using symbols as we go along. For anybody who's listening, if you're not a good visualizer, all you need to do is pretend that you're seeing it. So whether if you see it in holographic glory, great. If you pretend that you're seeing it, it works every bit as well, as long as you don't fuss about it. Just again, it's just about relaxing, not believing it's going to work, not, not believing it's going to work. Just like I say, bring out your inner five-year-old. We're just going to play a couple games here. So the first game is creating your miraculous self. And I'm going to use terms like your spirit, your deep inner human wisdom, and your essence. And your spirit knows what all those terms mean. So don't even try to consciously figure it out. Just let your spirit figure it all out. Your spirit knows what your authentic essence is. Your spirit knows what your deep inner human wisdom is. Your conscious mind doesn't. <laughs> so... Okay, easy deep breaths. It helps if you smile. And so if you want to do this, set your intention right now that your spirit, again, the higher frequencies of your non-physical self, and your deep inner human wisdom are right now going to form your miraculous self. So set that as an intention. And again, how they do it, your spirit will figure out. Give 100% permission for that to happen now. And then the secret ingredient is just imagine energies are coming in and doing that for you. Again, just imagine, pretend this happening. And later when we're done, you can analyze it all you want. Right now, it's just, again, just imagination. And know that your miraculous self is already formed. And as you work with it more and more, it'll get stronger. Its ability to communicate with your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, and your physical body, as you work with it, gets stronger. But right now, just pretend it already exists. And it really is that simple. And then if you're willing to, give your miraculous self permission to be 100% in charge 
of what happens during the rest of these little processes. So I'm not in charge. I would encourage you not to have your conscious mind be in charge other than setting intentions. Just let your miraculous self be in charge. If you can't trust your spirit and your inner wisdom, what could you trust? So, in, in, in fact, we all tend to overthink, enjoy the luxury. I call my work energy spas because it's a lot like going to a spa. If you want to get a massage, you have to set your intention. You have to get permission. And then your job is to relax and let the magic happen. So think of this as an energy spa. And you can always reword the intentions that I'm going to suggest, or you can just go yes to what Art said <laughs> inside of yourself. So set your intention that what we're doing right now is going to clear programming out of your chakras, programming that is from other people, past lives, ancestors, childhood. And we're not releasing programming because it's negative or positive. We're releasing programming because your miraculous self doesn't want it because it doesn't help you anymore. So get out of the whole negative, positive thing. The programming is either helpful or it isn't. And your miraculous self will figure that out. So set your intention that what we're starting to do right now is going to clear programming out of your chakras. And then your miraculous self is going to reprogram your chakras to have a life that's more miraculous, more authentic, more successful, more loving, whatever else, more abundant. And again, your miraculous self is going to figure it all out. Easy deep breaths. And give your miraculous self permission to do the Goldilocks principle, meaning whatever is just right for right now is what you'll do. You can listen to this recording again. So be nice to yourself. More and faster is not the same as better. So whatever is just right for you right now. And a symbol we use a lot, a metaphor we use a lot in energetic NLP is the idea of a magnet. Because almost everybody played with magnets when they were a child. So your unconscious mind knows that a magnet is a thing that has energy. And if you held the magnet up with one hand and a pin in the other, all you had to do was let go of the pin and the magnet would pull it off. The magnet does all the work. So we're going to do these metaphorical energy magnets. Because your unconscious mind and your spirit know that what that means and will work with it. So imagine there's a magnet out in front of you and give your miraculous self permission to identify programming and, and other people's energies that are in your chakras and in the front of your energy field. And let your miraculous self identify what of those energies and what of that programming it wants you to release right now. Again, whatever's just right. And then imagine there's this energy magnet out in front of you, and your miraculous self is going to use it to gently and powerfully pull out of you other people's energy, their thoughts, their programming, past life programming, ancestral, societal, childhood, programming from groups and teachers. 
And you don't need to know what the programming is. In fact, it's better if you don't. If your miraculous self says to release it, then you don't need it. It's not helpful. And I like to just imagine this stuff is going off to the magnet in front of me. I don't know what it is, but it's just going off. And then you let that magnet drop into the earth and give the earth permission to recycle that energy. Recycling the energy means either it just transmutes it into pure energy that it can use, and the earth has the ability to do that, or if the energy belongs to somebody else and the earth thinks it should go back to them, it gives them back that energy. But let the earth figure it out. And we're going to do four magnets in all. So we did one in front. The second one is high above your head. As I mentioned before, there's a number of chakras going up above your head, going up at least nine feet, three meters. And your miraculous self knows all about them. And they set the big frameworks of your life. So imagine a, a magnet high above you and give permission for it to clear the energies from your shoulders, up through your neck, and your head, inside of your head, your forehead, the back of the skull. There's a number of chakras in the head. It's working with all of them in the energy field around the head, the crown chakra above the head, and the creative rings and all the chakras above that. Whatever energies your miraculous self no longer wants because they're not yours, they're not helpful, any programming it no longer wants, it's just gently, powerfully going up to that magnet. And if you ever feel like a bit of a tug of war, just leave those alone for now. Just whatever goes up easily. Easy deep breaths, no effort, let the energy do all the work. Drop that magnet into the earth, let the earth recycle those energies. Put a magnet way behind you. This is one of my favorites because a lot of energy literally hides behind our backs. So let your miraculous self use that magnet to clear energies from the middle of your body, going out back behind you, clearing the chakras and your aura of energies that aren't yours, aren't helpful, programming that your miraculous self doesn't want you to have anymore. Let those energies go back into that magnet. Again, whatever just goes easily for now. Easy deep breaths as you drop that magnet into the earth, recycle the energy. And the fourth and last magnet is in the earth already. And it's going to clear from the base of your spine down through your legs, your feet, below your feet, and your whole energy field around your legs and feet, even going down at least a meter, three feet below your feet. So there's various chakras in your legs, in your feet, toes, soles of your feet. There's even chakras below your energy field. 
I'm sorry, in your energy field, but below your feet. And just imagine that magnet in the earth is just gently pulling out programming and other people's energies. Whatever goes easily. And then the earth will recycle those energies. There's a concept called the Akashic Records, or people call it the Cosmic Library. And you can think of it as where all human experience is stored. And you're not allowed to take things from the library, but you're allowed to copy anything you want. So give your miraculous self permission to go through the Akashic Records and find programming to replace the programming that got released. So new programming for your chakras that will work for you now and for your next steps in life. And just pretend your miraculous self is going through the library and copying. Again, you can't take people's stuff. It's a very bad idea, but you can copy anything you want. And just let your miraculous self find all this wonderful programming to reprogram your chakras with. And again, if you find yourself being serious, smile, and just treat it like it's just a fun little imaginary game we're doing. That opens up your unconscious and spiritual abilities, the more playful you are with this. And then imagine and give 100% permission for your miraculous self to start downloading the new programming into your chakras. starting from around nine feet, three meters above your head and going down at least a, uh, three feet, a meter below your feet. There's lots of chakras in the body. And And just let your miraculous self, your spirit and inner wisdom, figure it all out. And you can think of this like downloading programming into your phone or tablet or computer. So you, you want it from a trusted source, and your miraculous self is a trusted source. And then once it's downloaded, you want it to be installed. So let your miraculous self install the programming into your chakras. Give your miraculous self permission to run that programming when it's appropriate, when it's helpful. So you've downloaded the programming, installed it, and your miraculous self will run it as it's wanted and needed. It will also respond to your, your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. A couple more things for us to do. One is um, we want to reground. 
And there's a lot of different ways to ground. A fun way to do it, I think, is the earth is more powerful than we are. So I like to let the earth ground me rather than me ground into the earth. So it turns out they now say that the very core of the earth are giant crystals. Under the molten core, it crystallizes from the pressure. So you might think of it as from this crystalline heart of the earth, a column of Mother Earth, Mother Nature energies is coming up to near the base of your spine. And just let the earth do all the work. You're just giving, you give permission, set your intention, give permission, let the earth do it. And something people aren't usually taught that I think is super important is only give the earth permission to ground your authentic energy into your body. We have a lot of energies in our energy field and chakras. So you're only giving permission for your authentic energies to be grounded in your body. And your miraculous self knows what they are. A fun way to imagine that is you can imagine every cell in your body has a point of light that's supposed to go with it in your energy field, but they get out of whack with each other, out of alignment. So when the earth grounds you, every point of light pops back in the cell it's supposed to be in. So every cell in your body is getting this wonderful healing energy. And that grounding column is like the root of a plant. So what nurtures you is coming up. What your miraculous self wants to release goes down. So give 100% permission for your miraculous self to draw energies up from the earth that are healing, nurturing, validating, acknowledging, and energies that will help you manifest. And any energies that your miraculous self wants you to release are going down that column into the earth and the earth recycles those energies. Just a very gentle flow up and a gentle flow down. And whenever you do clearing of energy, it's always important to fill up because something will fill the space. So give your miraculous self permission now to fill your body, your chakras, your energy field with more of your authentic essence. So set your intention, give permission for you to be filled now with your authentic essence. We get clogged up with other people's energy and our own essence gets shoved out. So now it's coming back where it belongs. And there's one last step. When you do an energetic NLP energy spa process like we've just done, your energy field is more authentic and better and it's different. And sometimes that throws people off a little bit because on the inner level, they know something's different. Not that something's wrong, but it's just different. And, and sometimes even pets will look at you funny, like, like what's going on? And um, there's an easy way to take care of it. So you know how when somebody changes their email address, they, they just send out all these emails going, hey, I'm not at that email address anymore. I'm at this new one. And they're, they're not asking for your permission. They're just informing you. Let your miraculous self send out what we call spiritual emails to everybody in your life. And just showing them, hey, this is what my energy field looks like now. Just letting you know. Include your pets, your plants, 
Include the people you haven't met yet that your miraculous self wants you to meet. And then start to wiggle your fingers and toes and gently move and stretch. Because when your energy field realigns, your body has an opportunity to realign, but it's hard for it to do it if you don't move at all. You can even do something called havening, which is where you, you put your hands on your shoulders and just let them go down your arms a few times. And you can put your hands in the center of your forehead and then just get, move them across and down a little bit. Probably slower than I just did it. There we go. Kind of rub your hands just a little bit. And just to finish up, uh, at this point, a lot of you may be feeling kind of sleepy. Um, if you are, that's good tired. Um, if you need to do anything like drive, just walk around, get some air, move a little bit before you do. Um, a lot of people, because you're, as the programming changes, your, your conscious and unconscious mind is reprocessing all kinds of things in a better way. So sometimes that makes you feel sleepy. Like, like to me, I like, I want to curl up in a ball and just nap. Um, sometimes people feel energized. Uh, you may temporarily feel some aches or pains, um, but those pass. The other thing is, as you release the programming, old emotional energy can get released. And often we don't even notice it. But if any of you are noticing emotions coming up now or over the next couple of hours, just go, oh, good, I'm just releasing old energy, most of which won't even be yours. So just like, whether you enjoy the, the emotion or not, just go, oh, good, it's being released and just be mindful of it. Just notice it and let it go. So, how are you doing, Jeff? Good, thank you. And I have a good imagination because I almost felt like physically energy leaving my body when I was doing the magnet part. That's great. I wanted to ask you, how does other people's energy and programming get stuck to us? That's a great question because... Um, a lot of times, what a lot of really talented energy workers do is they'll clear energy out of your space. And like I used to go to a class in the early 90s, and every week we'd clear each other off, and I would feel great. And then by the, a few days later, I'd feel like I did before, you know, and, and, and then I get a clearing and I feel before. And the, what I compare it to is like um, if you're weeding a garden. So if you just take the top off the weed, it'll grow back. You need to get the roots. Well, what I was taught and what I believe is that everybody's the sovereign of their energy field. Like in some energetic NLP classes, we wear the little paper gold crowns to remind people. So for somebody's energy to be stuck in your energy field, it has to hook into something, an unconscious belief, karma, spiritual contracts, other programming that's in your space. And so in energetic NLP, we use that as an opportunity to clear the roots. And um, 
we didn't really we only did a little bit of that in the processes we just did. But when you clear the roots, then those same energies can't stick. So the answer to your question is most energies just either if they go through us at all, that it's like they just like light through a, a window. They just go through us. If they stay, it's because they hook into something. So for example, a lot of the people you would attract are people like you that are caring, people that want to help other people. So if you have strong programming that you're supposed to help other people, other people on an inner level, they're not doing it deliberately. They go, oh, here, here's a bunch of energy. Thank you for taking it on from me. You know, and a lot of the old healing systems actually taught healers to do that, to like take other people's energy into them. Um, I was actually taught that years ago, which is why a lot of healers aren't healthy because they they become the, the sacrificial lamb for other people. They, they're taking on all their energies. Um, and we all do it some and processes like with the magnets and then like I say, there's, there's some free videos if people want them that can teach them how to get more of the roots because we just don't have time to do that right now. But um, uh, it's important to, for everybody to keep clearing their energy um, because, again, that um, there's all these beliefs and programming that get us to take on other people's energy. And it starts when we're in the womb. We start healing our parents because in the inner level, we love them, but also we know that if the giants are in bad shape, we're in trouble. So a lot of people are like taking on all the, the anxiety and stuff from their parents. And um, and then they're 50 years old going, I don't know why I've always been anxious. I, you know, I meditate and it's better, but I'm kind of an anxious person. And then 99% of the time, it's not even their energy, which is uh, any any problem that people have that they've worked on, but it, it doesn't really, get, it gets better, but it doesn't really get healed. It's, 99% chance it's not even your energy. And so the reason you can't truly heal it, it's not yours, but you can clear it and you can clear what it hooked into. If people want to repeat this process, should they go back and watch this video? Or do you think that they've learned enough from what you said that they can just try to do it on their own? Both. I mean, I encourage people to do it on their own. And, and um, when they do it with the recording, It'll be easier to access the energy. It'll be easier to do so they can use it to train themselves. And what I generally suggest to people, because you can do it really quickly. If, Like I always suggest people, when you first wake up in the morning, do your four magnets, fill up. And if you have two minutes, do it in two minutes. If you have 10 minutes, do it in 10 minutes. Um, if you do it in the morning, you'll feel better. Your day will go better. Uh, I, I used to be one of those people who'd wake up like, what planet am I on? And and then I would start doing this and then be like, hello, world. You know, I mean, my mood would completely change. Um, if you do it before you go to bed, you'll typically sleep better, more deeply, get more real rest, because otherwise you're processing energies all night while you're sleeping. So you can do it before uh, a big meeting of some time or um, uh for anybody who works with clients, after you see a client, at, at least take a minute and do your four magnets and fill back up. Um, whether it's a, a professional client or a therapeutic client or a psychic client, because the tendency for a lot of us is we take on their energies. And it, it makes me sad how many wonderful people um, who are really helping other people are just taking on other people's energies all the time. 
And because it's not theirs, all it does is cause problems. Are there any other energy techniques that you think people should know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's anything simple. I mean, yes, there's, uh, there's lots of them. Um, so one that I think people should know is, again, how to get more at the roots. And, um, and there's some pretty easy techniques for that. The other is ways to clear karma, change spiritual contracts. Um, those are some of the most important. And none of them are actually hard. They just take a little bit of training and practice. And what's great, uh, it, recordings really do help. I mean, I occasionally listen to my own recordings. And I have people that worked with been working with me for, for 20 years who will pull out recordings. Um, so you know, to me, it's a dual track. You want to increase your ability to do it on your own, and you want to increase your ability to use the help that's available nowadays, you know, from, from other people and from myself, you know. So when you have other people's energies and programming involved with you, I guess you could say then that your problems are really not your problems, but you're taking on other people's problems. I, I did a talk recently, you know, what if your problems aren't really your problems? <laughs> and um, um, yeah, and, and that's that's why people get so confused, particularly people in their personal spiritual growth, because they go, well, I've done all this work on it and I handle it better. And sometimes they, they completely take care of it. But other times it's like, why can't I really heal this? And again, it's because it's not authentically your stuff. And everybody has that. Um so it's not like, well, I think there's some people in the world that are fairly immune, but they're not people who listen to your show. <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad people, but they're kind of in a very different relationship to the world. The people that will, you know, listen to your program are people that care about other people and themselves. And um, they're going to take on a lot of energy. But you're also bringing in energies from past lives that can really distort things. and um, and also the energy. So right now in the world, there's so much anxiety and change. I mean, here in the U.S., you know, there's all these shootings going on, you know, way more than and we've always had a problem with that, but way more than normal. Part of it, there's all this energy of anger. And, and it's like with road rage. One of the reasons for road rage is people are in crowded highways and they're irritated and they're angry and they're upset. And they leave that energy, part of it, on the road. So somebody else is driving along, and they start getting irritated. And if they open up energetically, unconsciously, they can get flooded by all this anger and, and, and get completely out of control. So to me, it's very important for people nowadays to, um, uh, to be able to keep clearing their energy. It, it's like brushing your teeth. It's, it's not like a one-shot deal. The other thing... If you want, I can talk a little bit about some ways to be less affected by all these energies. Sure. Again, this isn't the whole story, but it's really helpful. So one way that people often do it is they essentially create a, like a shield around them energetically. But the problem with that is then there's a shield. You know, It's like you're dealing with people like this, and they'll either back off or they'll actually send you more energy because they know they're not getting through. In if, if you think of the martial arts like Aikido, which I know very little about, but I know that a lot of times like an Aikido master, if somebody was attacking them, 
they might just redirect the person. So all of a sudden the person's on the floor. They never opposed them. They redirected their energy. Well, you can do the same thing with the energies that are coming into your energy field that aren't helpful for you is you can redirect them. If you oppose them, it can work or they can get stronger. You know, what you resist persists. But if you redirect them, it, it bypasses all that. And are you familiar with what a lightning rod is? Yeah. So for, for people that aren't, uh, they just actually Ben Benjamin Franklin figured this out because buildings would get hit by lightning and destroyed. And he figured out that if you put a piece of metal on the roof of like a barn and you ran a wire down the barn into the earth, the lightning would hit the metal rod and it would just go around the building. So you wouldn't stop the lightning, but you'd redirect it. So I have people create little lightning rods around them. So the first step uh, for anybody is just imagine some kind of symbol that appeals to you. There, there's no right symbol. I just always see like a little ball of energy. And you put one in front of your energy field, whatever feels right to you. You ask the earth to ground it. And you ask your miraculous self that if any energies are coming towards you, that your miraculous self doesn't want in your energy field, they hit the, the symbol and they're just grounded into the earth. And you do four of them, one in front, one in back, one left, one right. And it's important. I like to put them at the level of the solar plexus because if you have them up here, it feels like this. If you have them here, it interferes with communication. If you have them here, it, 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 it disrupts heart connections. But if you have it at solar plexus level and you set your intention that even if the energies are coming from above you, just like lightning, they go to the lightning rod. So the energy just go to that symbol at your solar plexus level and go into the earth. And, and, and again, the same with the one behind you and on the sides. The other part of it is we're all releasing energies at time that other people don't want to deal with. So you ask your miraculous self, I'm releasing energies that I don't want other people to have to deal with. They hit the lightning rods and go into the earth too. So it's coming in is being redirected what you're releasing, like if I'm irritated with somebody, I don't want them to have to deal with my irritation. It goes in the lightning rod and into the earth. So then we can have a conversation without my energy in their face, literally. Um, and it, it takes some practice and it's something you want to keep consciously doing until it becomes more of a habit. Um, but, but again, it's simple, just the four symbols, they're grounded. You put your miraculous self in charge and they're just redirecting energies out, of, you know, away from your space and energies that are coming from you that aren't helpful for other people are being redirected. It does take practice. Yeah. Can you give us any tips to help our conscious mind using NLP? I mentioned way earlier in the discussion, there's a lot of well-meaning new agey people and I'm a new agey person, but, um, um, who will say things like, oh, nobody was ever successful out of fear. Nobody, and I've been a corporate consultant for years and a lot of the most successful people in the world have enormous fear, you know, and, and people that are afraid to have a negative thought um, is if everything you think is going to manifest. Um, and what happens is you create shadow parts of yourself. So you're, you're disowning parts of your, of your own experience in 
it's a little more complicated because it might be somebody else's energy. But the thing is, invalidating it is a crude way to work with it. So what I encourage people to do is whatever you're feeling or thinking, you acknowledge it. You're just mindful of it and you go, okay, part of me is really angry. You know, maybe it shouldn't be, but part of me is. Um, part of me is afraid. Part of me is this. Part of me is feeling greedy, you know. And you acknowledge it and then you you shift your thoughts where you want them to be. But you start by acknowledging it like, okay, you know, part of me is angry. And I'd say I'd rather feel resourceful. And and you start working your way towards that. And often um trying to make, not make this too complicated, but sometimes it's a big leap. So if you're angry, it, it can be hard to go immediately to compassion, let's say. But you could go from anger to being determined and determined to being curious, curious to being resourceful, resourceful to being compassionate. You know, that we call it emotional chaining. And again, I can't go into details how to do it right now, but even just the concept of acknowledge whatever you're thinking or feeling, realize it may not even be yours. You know, maybe other energies and programming, but you acknowledge it's there. So what is, is. And then you you go, um, well, I'll give you a concrete example. I I had a rather spectacular, I didn't fall, I flew up into the air. And the reason I didn't break my neck is I threw my arm back, but it it ripped a couple of tendons off my shoulder. So I had to have surgery. And um uh they told me, well, you're going to have to wear a sling for weeks. But it really isn't a sling. They call it a, a shoulder positioning device. So you're, it's this big, uncomfortable thing. And um, I even had to go to my high school reunion where, you know, you want to look good for your reunion. I'm like <laughs> wearing this thing. But um, and at times, I would get annoyed by it. And I would validate that it was annoying. And then I, I would start thinking, I am really, really lucky to have this thing, you know, this kind of surgery didn't exist for a hundred thousand, you know, it's only existed for a short period of time. There's a billion people on the planet who can't get it. They wouldn't, even if they could get the surgery, they wouldn't have the physical therapy and the device. So I would just start, I'd acknowledge that it was annoying, but I would start moving myself to gratitude. And then it may sound silly. I would start petting it like you'd pet a cat and go, you're my friend, you're protecting me, which was true. So I would acknowledge the natural annoyance at wearing this thing, start thinking about why I should be gratitude, and then finally thank it. But I, but I couldn't at first immediately go from annoyance to, to thanking it. I'd, I'd have to step it. And the thing is, people can come up with whatever's true for them. And the truth is, well, it's friggin' lucky to be able to have that surgery and not be somewhat crippled for the rest of my life. So. You know, when I would get into that state, I'd go like, wow, I should be you know, thanking it. In the beginning, you mentioned Tony Robbins, and he yeah. also practices NLP. Yeah. I believe him and other spiritual coaches have people perform walking on fire or fire coals and things like yeah. that. What is your opinion on that? Funny you should ask. So, um... I was speaking at an NLP conference years ago in Ohio, and they decided to have a firewalk because it was that time when firewalks were popular. And as you mentioned beginning, I was a medical researcher. I've always been like, since I was a little interested in science and mysticism, you know, I have both parts in me. 
And I had read that, oh, firewalks weren't really a mental thing. They were just heat transfer. You know, if it were metal, you'd burn your feet, but because it's cold. And I was curious whether it was true. Was it really mental or not? So that's what I, I wanted to discover. And they were having this fire walk, and I, I wasn't going to do it because I really didn't want to do it. And, and I have really tender feet. I grew up in Southern California. All my friends would be barefoot, not me, because you know I just have very tender feet. So a fire walk is kind of a nightmare to me. Um, so, but I wanted to go see how they, the guy led it, and turned out he didn't lead it very well. He'd led a number before, but a friend of mine who'd been with Tony Robbins and other people said she realized he didn't have people in the right state. So here I am. I want to learn if it's real or not. And you're not supposed to do it if you're not congruent, that you're not like 100%. And I I wasn't, and I wasn't even going to do it, but I thought, okay, the worst that will happen is I'll burn my feet and my friends will help me and they'll get me to the airport when I get out. You know, like I can handle it. And I thought, well, if I do this, I don't have to think about a firewalk again. I don't have to go bungee jumping or anything. This this would be my one deal. So I went and you're not supposed to look at your feet. So I went thinking that it really wasn't a mental thing, that it was just a physical thing. And you're supposed to look up and not look at your feet. Halfway across, and you're supposed to get in the mental state. Halfway across, I broke the state and I looked at my left foot and I felt this and, and it burned my foot. And then I got back in the state and I finished the walk. And sure enough, my left foot was burned, not my right. And um, so I discovered what I wanted to discover that it really was mental. And and just so people know that there were people who did it three or four times. I mean, it, I was told it was one of the hottest firework fires because I used really hard wood. But there were people who did it several times and the people who went slower did better than people. Who went, you know, it was definitely not just a physical thing. And so later, we, uh, a number of other people burned their feet, too. So we went to somebody's hotel room, and we were having a, a party where people were bringing ice, and we were icing our feet in this ice water. Actually, nine people went to the emergency room. It was not a, a successful fire walk. Um, and then uh, Charles Faulkner, who's a, a really great NLP trainer and hypnotist, came in and took us through a, a hypnotic trance to lower the pain. And it didn't work for me. And I, uh, a part I left out is before I went on the firewalk, I saw like a little cartoon version of, of, of me as a little boy, and he did not want to go. And like I said, you're supposed to be congruent. And he really didn't want to go. And then I'm, I'm closing my eyes and I thought, why is this not working for pain relief? And he pops back in and he's going, you wanted to walk, you deal with the pain. <laughs> you know? I went, okay, got it. You know, my unconscious is mad at me. But the point is, I do believe, obviously, there's a physical component, but I, I, I truly do believe it's it's hugely mental. Like I say, I got burned halfway across. It was the foot I looked at. And then I got back into state and finished the walk. So uh, it's a very interesting experience, a firewalk. I, I don't know if I recommend it or not, but um, but it's real. It, uh, you know, it, it proved to me that, like say as a as an old medical researcher, I thought, okay, I found out what I wanted to know. This is real. <laughs> you know? What got you interested in NLP in the first place? Well, that was really magical. Um, 
I was really stuck in my life. So I was managing this research lab for the University of California, but I knew I didn't belong there. And I just didn't know, I, I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And this was years ago when people thought more about careers. I mean, nowadays people think differently. And, and so I, I, I could think, what career will be the right career for me? And it's going to be for the rest of my life. So I, I made it into such a big deal. I, I was, I couldn't make a change. I mean, I had a, a job. It was a good job. I was proud of what we were doing. We were studying the effects of estrogen and progesterone on the tissues of a woman's body during pregnancy. So it was like valuable work. Um, but I just didn't belong there. And I knew it wasn't using my true gifts. And I'd always kind of believed that something was just going to appear at some point in my life. And that was going to change everything. So as the years went on, I thought, well, maybe I'm just lying to myself. And, you know, and I started feeling bad about myself. Um, it's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I change this? And I went to a, a talk on intuition. And I'd had definite psychic experiences and stuff, but I hadn't really studied it much. And I went to this talk on intuition, and it was just okay. But there was a break, and I went out in the hallway. And this was back in the days when you'd have boards with flyers for different courses on it. So I'm looking at this board, and one of them said neuro-linguistic programming on it. And when I read the words, it literally felt like a lightning bolt hit me on top of the head and went through my middle, down my midline. I mean, when people talk about being hit by the lightning bolt, I mean, it felt like, boom. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, and the scientist in me went, what was that? And the mystic in me went, well, what do you think it was? It was a sign. So I walked back in the room and I'm kind of dazed. And they had a book uh, table where they were selling books. All of the books were on intuition, except one book wasn't on intuition. It was a book on NLP. And I thought, so, you know, this is like two minutes later. I'm going, sign number two. So I, I took the book home and it said, don't start with this book. So I had to, there were no online books. I had to order the book and a book called Frogs into Princes. And when I started reading it, it was like my whole world changed. It was like, I, it gave me a whole different way to think about um, personal growth and change and unconscious behaviors and uh and, and everything changed in my life. And then and then my whole early NLP career was magical. I um my first NLP program, I, I was I I felt like I had to find out if this is real. And you know, because they're making all these extravagant claims of changing phobias in one session and stuff. And I thought, I, I love what they're saying, but this seems like way over the top, you know, what they claim they can do. And there was a super advanced NLP course happening, and I had no business going there. I didn't even know the basics, but uh, and it was expensive, and I had to take vacation days, like five uh, vacation days, and I thought I got to go. And um, uh, it was in two five-day segments. In the first five days, I'm loving it, but I'm really confused and lost. But we would break into small groups and work with one another. And most of the people there, there were NLP trainers and master practitioners and therapists and and. When I came back for the second five days, people I'd worked with in small groups kept coming up to me and going, you know, that work we did last time. And I went, yeah. And they'd go, it changed my life. And I'd go, really? <laughs> Just like that. So um, anyways, and everything was magical after that. And as, and as I said, then people in the group started teaching me about energy work and introducing me to teachers and everything just took off like very organically. 
Earlier you mentioned that there are some videos out there that people can watch to get more clearing and other stuff. Where can they find those? So if they go to Blockbuster, one word, Blockbuster, and the number three dot com, it'll take them to a page. And when they sign up, they'll get four videos over four days. And it'll go through some of what we did here, but it'll also go, how do you get to the roots? How do, how do you clear what in you is being connected, is these other energies hooking into and and a lot more? Um, I'm actually quite proud of it. It's free. So it's blockbuster3.com. And then they have, people always go lifelong access. I mean, who knows what that means? But they have ongoing access to the videos. And I, I highly recommend, if, if people liked what we did in the session, I recommend they watch this again, but these videos will be very, very helpful. And because there's four of them, we can go into more depth. Is that your website? Uh, no, my, my website is energeticnlp.com, which right now is being redone. Um, uh, so my apologies, people, if it looks a little rough at the moment. But um, uh, so the energeticnlp.com for my website and um, uh, blockbuster3.com. Or the uh, for the videos. If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, can they do that on your website? The easiest way is to email um, support at energeticnlp.com. Um, they can also, I'm on Facebook and Energetic NLP is on Facebook. They can message me through Facebook Messenger. But uh, emails to support at energeticnlp.com are great because my, uh, my uh, VA will also see them. So she, in case I miss them, she'll go, did you get back to that person? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, they, so they have that backup check. Um, so those are the best ways. Support at energeticnlp.com or message me on Facebook. Do you have anything else you're working on you want people to know about? I do. I have um, a number of online programs. Some are online on demand. That If people, if they sign up, they'll get me on my mailing list and they'll hear about them. Um, and then I have live programs uh, periodically. Um, if anybody's in the UK, depending on when they're watching this, I'll be doing a one-day workshop in London on May 28th, 2023. And uh, also the last weekend in April, I, I have a, um, an online program on uh, resilience. So the, the one in, in, the, in London is called Spiritual Alchemy, and it's on just uh, taking your spirituality to the next level. The one on um, in the end of April, 2023 is about um, resilience, uh, uh, inner power and joyful motivation. Art, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Everybody has miraculous abilities. Um, I, I, I always laugh when uh, people talk about only, I, I used to believe, and you hear a lot, only a few people were born with psychic abilities. Everybody was born, born with the ability to work with energy. It's not even hard. It's, you have to learn it. you got to practice it. It's easy. It's not everybody's path. Not everybody's interested in it. But for anybody who wants to learn how to do it, everybody can do it. it it's part of our humanness. And the other thing I'll say to people is that most, again, of, of the real big problems in your life, emotional, et cetera, it's just most of it won't be your energy. So the more you clear it and can clear the programming, the more you connect with your authentic self. And that I'm not saying that 
you won't have challenges in life because it's not a human life. But when you work with things like energetic NLP, no matter what's going on in your life, you feel guided, nurtured, and supported. And you don't just get through things. You go, you go through the challenges to something good on the other side. So, um, yeah, I, I just want people to, to understand that they are miraculous beings and that there's enormous spiritual help open to us. We just need to learn how to open to it. All right. Thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really am honored to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.